Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Live in the Bream with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Bream. This week on Live in the Bream, you know him and you love him, and you're going to learn more about him today. He is one of our superstars. He's been a superstar and served this country in so many different ways, but currently he is host of the Fox Business show, Cudlow, the Larry Cudlow with us on Live in the Bream this week. Welcome, Larry. Thank you, Shannon. Pleasure. Listen, you really do have a resume like no one else. What's your favorite thing you've done? I've survived <laughs> <laughs> getting through Washington. Listen, that that's a victory right there. I'm still kicking. Um, I don't know. I've done a lot of wonderful things. Uh, life has been a great blessing for me. Um, it's, it's hard. Look, I'm so happy to be at Fox and our show has done well. And I have a chance to not only work with all the Fox business people, but the Fox news people. And it's, it's been, it's been great. You know, I love working in the Trump White House. I love working in the, shall we say, another network for many, many years. <laughs> I love working for Ronald Reagan. I love working on Wall Street. I'm glad I'm still around. Well, we are too, for many, many reasons. And um, I want to talk about your life. But first, if you'll let me pick your brain a little bit on the news of the day, because it is nice to have an economic expert with us. Um, you've seen a lot. You've seen a lot of cycles in this country. What do you make of where we are with the highest inflation in 40 years, far outpacing wage growth? Um, the job market is very strange. The numbers don't make sense to me. What's your take? Well, I think the biggest issue right now is the high inflation, as you as you pointed out, uh, it's a four decade high. And I think that threatens the economy. And you see it in the stock market and you you see it in slumping consumer confidence. You see it in slumping uh, small business confidence. And I think that um, it's going to be a rough patch here. It's not going to be easy to get inflation down. The key point you have to Always keep in mind, unless you have low inflation, what's called price stability, you're not going to have a really healthy economy. And so the Fed let things get out of hand. Uh, They operated emergency policies long after the emergency was over, just as the Congress operated emergency spending policies long after the emergency was over. And of course, I think the other threat to the economy besides inflation overall uh, is the enemy, is the energy picture. The energy picture is not good. Um, we're still a double, you know, over a hundred dollars a barrel, five dollars a gallon, five and a half dollars for diesel fuel, hurting truck drivers. Um, that hurts goods. That hurts supply chains. And unfortunately, President Biden is proud of it. I mean, he said yesterday in Japan that um, high uh, gasoline prices uh, are fine. Uh, We want to have this transition uh, to a uh, fossil-free economy and renewable fuels. And I'm here to tell you 
that if these policies, and, and they're very extreme policies in my judgment, if these anti-fossil policies continue, we are going to have a recession that's going to last a long time. We can't operate, Shannon, without fossil fuels. We cannot operate without fossil fuels. And all these woke climate change people are just wrong. There's no alternative. We can have all the above. Don't get me wrong. We could have some wind turbine. We could have some solar. We should have some nuclear, which is very important. And the, um, the greenies don't like nuclear. That's too bad. But you're going to have to have natural gas. You're going to have to have oil. And we have a clean environment. That's the part I've never understood. All this scare talk about existential threats on climate. I don't understand. We have the lowest carbon emissions of any of the big countries. And our technology and innovation is making air and water cleaner all the time. It's making fossil fuels cleaner um, through carbon capture and storage and things like that. So I don't understand it. And I think if Biden gets his way, he's going to do great harm to the economy in the long run. But on the other hand, having said all that, I'm an optimist. Um, Shannon, the cavalry is coming. The cavalry is coming and we're going to see some changes. Okay, so let me unpack a couple things there. Because this administration says we inherited a mountain of trouble. We're coming off COVID, which, you know, shook up this global economy in a way that nothing but a worldwide pandemic could do. Um, Putin started, you know, trying to take over Ukraine, that there have been all kinds of, um, you know, they've fought back against the deficit, which grew under Trump. They say they're making progress. Well, I know Uh, they say a lot of things. Look, this inflation started way before Putin entered Ukraine. That's very important. Gasoline prices were just over $2. The inflation rate was under 2%. And Putin's story starts about 14 months after he's in office. So I'm afraid I have to disagree. Look, we had a V-shaped recovery going uh, post-COVID into 21. And Biden will never acknowledge that. And I'm sorry for that just like he never acknowledged Operation Warp Speed had already put a million vaccinations. Including his arm. Putting his arm and his wife's arm. You're exactly right. So uh, he was handed a good economy with very low inflation and um, the federal spending and money. And the assault, again, I mean, those are the main contributors to the inflation. I think he's bungled it myself. I hate to say that, but I think he's bungled it very badly. And I think it's not going to be easy to correct that bungling. So how do we undo it? Um, In layman's terms, listen, I took my economics classes that I had to take in college. I might have done a crossword puzzle or two in there because I got so lost and I would wait till I got to my study group to figure everything out. Um, But in layman's terms, what are things that any administration can reasonably we can expect them to do in a situation where we have 8.5% inflation Um, because they'll say we're doing the best we can. What would be your advice if you were advising this administration? Look, I I think you have to tackle a couple of things. Number one, you've got to unlock the spigots for oil and gas, unlock the spigots. That's a good thing for the war in Ukraine, but it's mostly a good thing for people here at home. Uh, We're producing about um, one and a half million barrels of oil per day, less than we produced pre-pandemic. And that's worth at least a buck 
on gasoline prices, probably a buck and a half. So unlock the spigots, okay? Loosen up on that. Secondly, stop the spending. Stop the spending. But the sooner they get it done, Shannon, here's a key point. The sooner they get it done, the better off we're going to be, you know, in the medium to longer term, okay? So you made mistakes. You can correct the mistakes. Uh, there'll be some hiccups in the economy and the stock market. We've already seen it. But you can get that done and then move on to prosperity after that. What can the Federal Reserve do? What should they be allowed to do at this point? Uh, listen, the Fed has got to correct its earlier. The Fed has got to stop printing new money. That's the most basic way I can put it. Uh, their balance sheet is way too large, $9 trillion. They're just going to have to stop. They're going to have to let some of it run down. Uh, that is going to cause, it's already caused some pain for interest rates. Interest rates will probably go up some more. The stock market has been very, very wobbly. Uh, but you got to let them do it. There's no way around that. And again, the sooner they do it, Shannon, the better off we're going to be. Living the Bream continues in a moment. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project big or small as a homeowner myself i always have things i want to work on for my house whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool with over 200,000 pros in their network angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Okay, so Larry, thank you for letting me pick your brain on economic policy. I'm sure there is much more that we could discuss. And I learn a lot when I watch Cudlow because you explain it in a way that I can understand, which I appreciate. Um, let me ask you about your personal life because you and I have chatted about faith. And I know at some point there was a turning point in your life, a big change and a decision about faith. Um, tell me what happened. 30 years ago, some odd. I went through a personal crisis. Uh, I was sort of hopelessly addicted to alcohol uh, and drugs, cocaine, and my whole life fell apart. It's worst, you know, worst part, worst thing I've ever experienced. So I had to deal with that. Um, my saintly wife, Judy, uh, sent me away to a uh, wonderful treatment center in northern Minnesota called Hazleton. And I spent about five or six months there. And that was great stuff. It was great therapy. Um, I've been sober and clean now for 27 years. Um, and during that period, sort of just before and just after, uh, 
I was looking for some spiritual help and a return to faith. And I had a couple of uh, Catholic priests who befriended me, um, one, of, one of them in particular. And uh, they started getting me to Sunday Mass, which I liked. I kind of liked the rules. I liked the ceremony. Uh, I like the incense. I like the smoke. <laughs> I like the whole thing. <laughs> like the whole thing. And uh, I also like the, the meaning of the catechisms. And I, I was tutored for a while. I took my time. But um, several years later, uh, I converted to Catholicism. Um, I think that was 96 or 97. I don't remember exactly when. And I've been at church going uh, Catholic ever since. I'm pretty active in the church. I'm active here with Cardinal Dolan, and I'm active up in Connecticut where we have our weekend farm. And, you know, I think return, my, my return to faith was, was absolutely crucial uh, to my life then and remains crucial to my life uh, today. It, um, it keeps me grounded, and uh, I try to stay on the right path. I try to stay on the right course. But I need God's help. That's one of the things I learned, Shannon. I need God's help. And I I needed the help of Jesus Christ. Amen. Me too. Every single day. Um, <laughs> I don't know how people make it through life with without that um, comfort of someone much bigger in charge of the universe and willing to take the worst of us and give us the very best in return. I don't know where you'll get that deal anywhere else. Um, but what a comfort because life is very difficult and we're told that it will be, um, scripture tells us, you know, the world's going to be a tough place, but you know, Christ says, um, but don't worry because I've overcome. And, um, I think when your perspective changes in that way, um, it changes the way that you live life and interact with other people and view your job and your circumstances and everything else. I mean, is, is that the thing that is the most grounding and important in your life? Well, I sort of look at it in a straightforward way. Somebody's got to help me get through each day. Somebody's got to help me to do the right thing. I I think I proved in the past that I'm not very good at it alone. (laughs) So, Like uh, most of us. (laughs) You know, I kind of struck out on that. And um, my batting has improved considerably uh, since I started following Christ as best I can. Also, look, I'm very active in, in the 12-step program uh, regarding alcohol and addictions. That's been a great help to me. And I've learned to ask, you know, other people, uh, sober people for advice, uh, for decisions in my life. And it's worked out pretty well. Uh, you know, with, with a little bit of humor, I know I'm kind of a wise ass, but I, I got through <laughs> three years in the White House uh, drug-free, alcohol-free, and subpoena-free. So it worked out pretty well. Listen, you, that's a record right there. If you can come out with those three things, you're doing really well. I mean, um, a lot of people don't come out of various uh, administrations and and trying to weed their way through the swamp and the you know just vicious place that Washington can be. It can test you on all those fronts. Um, I I'm grateful that you are so open about your recovery process and about what you've struggled with. I think that's enormously inspiring and probably helpful to other people to say. 
um, look, he he's very humble about the fact that he needs help and that there's n- nothing wrong at all with seeking that. It's the secret kind of to keeping going in your recovery. Um, I have a couple people close to me who are really struggling right now. Um, what would you say is the best advice for establishing a framework or some kind of accountability or, you know, as somebody on the outside, you don't want to push too much, but you love them and you want to provide every opportunity for them to get better and and to encourage them without pushing them away? Well, it's a tough one, Shannon. Look, if, if it's a, if it's an alcohol problem or a drug problem, the person has to want to change. They have to ask for help. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I, I've sponsored a lot of people you know, in the last almost 30 years, 27 years, I've sponsored a lot of people. I'm still very active in the 12 step uh, work, but if they do, if they are looking for help, you know, the, the single best advice I could give them is to go to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual 12 step spiritual based program. Whether that leads to church, as it did in my case, uh, or not, uh, AA is non-denominational, but I, I think they'll hear some good things, and they'll meet some others who have the same problem uh, on a daily basis, and who have uh, worked to overcome the same demons uh, on a daily basis. I mean, that's the best advice I could give, and uh, if somebody wants to come with me to church on Sunday, I'm more than happy to take, really, more than happy to mm-hmm. take. I love that. And if you're if you're in uh, the Northeast up there, you can go with Larry. If you're here in the D.C. area, you can go with me. We'll, we'll take you. And I promise you'll feel better. Um, if you can't just kind of lay your burdens down and listen to someone's wisdom and the music, all of it really kind of feeds my soul. I, I suspect you feel the same way every Sunday. I do. I, I mean... You know, my worst days are better than what it was like 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. There's no question in my mind. I made mistakes. Uh, I've done things. Maybe not perfect, but it's all better. I mean, I, I just, as I said before, um, I needed some power greater than myself. And for me, it was God and Christ. But it's also been the 12-step program. And you have to work at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'm having the time of my life right now mm-hmm. uh, with this, uh, with working for Fox and, uh, and our show and all these things. But I know that I have to stay grounded and sober uh, if it's going to continue. And I want it to be that way. I want yeah. it to be that way. Daily choices. Uh, yeah, sometimes yeah. hourly choices. And you know what else I like? If I, you know, if I do something or say something, one of the things that I've learned down through the years, Shannon, uh, I like to go up to somebody and apologize, talk to them, say, well, gosh, I said something. I don't want you to misinterpret it or anything like that. Or mm-hmm. I said something that I you know, want to take back <laughs> on a TV show, live TV. There's a few things I'd like to take back. <laughs> All but, of us. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I, I don't. I don't mind doing it when it's possible, when it works. That's one of the things I've learned down through the years. I'm. I'm not perfect. Far from it. And I'm not. I'm not always right. I'm not always right professionally. I know that. But just personally, um, 
I'm not afraid to go up to somebody, pull pull him or her aside, and you know, kind of set the record straight. Mm-hmm. If you yeah, and I think it's that whole feeling of humility and gratitude that kind of puts us in that place that we can do that. Now, before I let you go, I have to ask you. What does Larry Kudlow do for fun? I mean, are you a secret like square dance champion or what happens when we don't see you working? <laughs> well, I do work a lot. You um, do all the time. Uh, I'm an uh, old tennis player. I've ah. you know, played prep school and college tennis and I still play tennis. Um, Good exercise. On, I love tennis. Uh, somebody asked me uh an interview a while back if i weren't doing what i'm doing what would i like to do and i said i I really wanted to win wimbledon yes listen i like a man who dreams big i know but you're gonna go for it it hasn't happened shannon and and it's not gonna happen there's still time left uh no it's pretty much over i listen i like to read a lot uh, I do like to play tennis. Uh, I like spending time in our place in Connecticut, relaxing. I like to read outside. And I like to spend time with my wife, who I call my saintly wife. I like <laughs> to spend time with her. Uh, she's a wonderful lady. So it's you guys, not, nothing too exciting. No, I love it. To me, the best weekend is when people say, what are you doing this weekend? And I say, absolutely nothing, because it almost never happens. So yeah. I'm really grateful. I'm grateful for quiet and book reading. And um, I'm not good at tennis. So I won't lie about that. I like the outfits, but my play does not match my outfits. So um, I'll come cheer for you and I'll look for you on center court because I believe Larry Kudlow can basically do anything. Larry, <laughs> thank you for spending time with us on Living the Bream. It is such a treat. We've been talking about doing it and I'm so glad to have you. Thanks, Shannon. Great pleasure. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.